Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. School of Humans. Hello, welcome to another episode of Cadaver Gals, where we talk about the ways people have died throughout history to cope with our own mortality. I am your host, Nika, along with Taylor. Hi. Hello, I'm Gabby. Hi. Cute, cute, very simple highs, simple episode today, you know, nothing too flashy, nothing too crazy. Um, It was a little bit crazy. So on today's show, we are going to be covering a couple of human sacrifices and why Edna Mode was always right. No capes. That is just a fact of life. (laughs) Today's content warnings include bodily harm, death, uh, fighting with swords, butts or asses, as they are colloquially called, drowning, suicide, and um, death of a child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's that's all. all, though. That's all. So um, with all that being said, let us forge ahead and cue alligator music. Cadaver gals. I'm super excited for this episode. This is just going to be amazing. And Gabby... I hear you have a very dramatic story you would like to share with us. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel kind of bad because I know you're going to be talking about human sacrifice later. And this is like kind of human sacrifice, but like kind of not. But it is listed on the human sacrifice Wikipedia page. So I still feel like it counts, right? Okay, but you told me, I'm I'm pointing a finger. You told me to do human sacrifices. I know. And then I 
realized it was slightly different. Okay, because basically I'm talking about seppuku, which is uh, the ritual suicide by samurai in Japan, which in some sense, and the time that I'm talking about it right now, which is in like the year 1700, it was used more as like a capital punishment, less of, I mean, it is kind of like sacrificing yourself for your honor, you know, because apparently it's more honorable to just like, you know, disembowel yourself as opposed to, you know, let somebody else do it. Right. So, you sense. know, it's it is the thing. And as I said, you know, everyone's favorite academic source Wikipedia does list it as a human sacrifice. So <laughs> Okay, I don't feel as misled. That's good. Okay. I just wanted it to be all tied together. Um I also feel like do we really need an excuse to talk about human sacrifices? Like Do no. we need no girls we don't. can talk about them if they want, you know? Just girly things. <laughs> human <laughs> sacrifice. Okay, so seppuku is, they think the first one maybe was in like 1180 is when the first time there was a seppuku that happened. But then they also kind of went into even like the 1970s and 80s. Like there was still, there's a lot, also like right after World War II, there was a lot of seppuku happening. Um, Because, you know, there's a bit of a sadness in Japan after World War II. If you get history, history. Um, (laughs) But basically it's when... uh, a samurai will stab themselves in the gut and then, you know, crank it over and then disembowel themselves. And then your guts, you know, will usually maybe fall out, but there's also like a big artery in your gut. So sometimes you'll be able to slash that and then you'll just bleed to death pretty quickly. Wait, so after they stab themselves, they like twist the the sword? Well, you can do, I mean, like, there's been various... You have to do that in a very quick motion. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have uh, more stamina and perseverance than I do, you know, (laughs) so good for them. Uh, But yeah, there's usually a stabbing or maybe a slashing after or a twisting. It just depends on the era. Uh, And then also there were some times where like you would then have a buddy who would then chop your head off just in case. But then if your buddy didn't chop your head off, then they would be forced to do seppuku as well. So when you find your head chopping buddy make sure that they're gonna you know do you right you know um so i might select one of you for my seppuku just in case it happens who would, who would you select oh. who, who in it well i would <laughs> okay i might do nika though just because like i feel actually oh this is hard though because taylor i feel like would be have very consistent aim and it would be probably in the right spot where nika would do it just yeah. like really hard but also could be effective. Anyway. That's actually very accurate yeah. for our personalities and what you know about us. And me, I would just, if it was me, I would probably just miss and accidentally cut my own arm off or something. So <laughs> Gabby would just give herself a paper clip or like cut or something like that. Owie! <laughs> a paper cut. A paper clip cut. <laughs> a paper clip it. cut. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So... Okay, but so we're going to go back to 1700 into feudal Japan. And at this point, there was, you know, the emperor, emperor, but he was more just like a figurehead. But most of Japan at that point was run by the shogun because they ran the military. And that gives you all the power, apparently. Wow. And then underneath the shogun were like 30 feudal lords. And they had all their jobs kind of seemed to suck. Like they had a lot of responsibilities. um, And they also... They had to like split their time between their territory that they were feudal lording over 
and the castle. And then they also had to like pay for, for a lot of the stuff themselves because, and that was the Shogun's trick because he was like, I don't want you to ever have enough money so that you can amass an army and overtake me. So you're going to be poor. And I'm also like, while you're out on your missions and shit, I'm going to keep your family hostage so you don't do anything crazy. So it seemed kind of like not the best job you know sounds like a toxic relationship yeah it's like a really (laughs) toxic work environment um in the shogun's castle and what is now tokyo who was hr at the time that they could talk to (laughs) um probably the shogun you know (laughs) oh so just like now okay that's fine yeah it's like i am the shogun and i am the hr so yeah Um, But I also understand, you know, it's also a clever way, you know, that's why you should never pay people that much because you never know if they're going to like start an army and like overtake you. You should never pay people that much. Did you just say that? Yeah, I'm learning a lot of lessons from history. Anyway, that makes like so much sense for my work history. Like it's all coming together now. Thank you, Gabby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just so we get an understanding of our personal overlords. Anyway, there's this one Lord Asano. And he was at the palace and he was given the task to basically organize a big ass party and some entertainment for the Shogun's peeps, like some royal family folks, some ambassadors and stuff. And they were like, Asano, you make the party happen. But unfortunately, Asano isn't the best party planner. Uh, So he goes to this dude named Kira, who's a fancy man and a master of ceremonies. And he's part of the Shogun's like envoy or whatever. And Asano's like, bro, can you please help me plan a party according to the rules of the court and the castle and all this shit? And Kira's like, yes, I will. But I'm also going to be an elitist bitch to you the whole time uh, because, wow, you don't know protocols and rules and how to make a fancy party. (laughs) Wow, you're just the worst feudal lord. Wow. uh." (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, we can see Kira's the fancy man from the city. And then Asano is the feudal lord from the country. And so they're just having some, you know, cultural issues between them. Their relationship's really terrible. And Asano refuses to give Kira a monetary gift as well for kind of like helping him out with the party. Because he's like, bro, this is just like your job. You should help me. And he's like, nah, you should give me money and gifts. But then it gets really fucked up because then at one point when they're in the palace, Kira's like, oh, my God, Asano, my shoes like untied. So like, will you tie it for me? Wow. Okay. very rude. Mm -hmm. Um, Very like intern energy. I know. Right. But then Asano's like, "Uh, yeah, sure. I'll tie your shoe for you. But then Kira afterwards was like, wow, you tied my shoe wrong. Okay. I can't imagine these shoes that they're tying, though, for some reason. Yeah, it was just, you know, like some what kind of some, shoes were they? Some uh Air Jordans. Yeah. I feel like they would be like lace up boots, right? They use boots a lot in that time. That's kind of Or maybe nice. some like with a silken something. You know, I feel like they probably cuz Kira was a fancy man, so I imagine he had very silly like lacy shoes. Like mm-hmm. that's how I'm imagining yeah. them. Lots you of know? laces. At that point, it's hard to tie those shoes. How would you expect a country person to know how to tie the fancy man's shoes? Tie your own shoes, fancy man, you know? Yeah. Also, Asano probably has a lot of other great, you know, characteristics and sometimes just not being fancy and of, you know, royalty and not knowing how to host a big party. Like, that's not on you, bro. Like, it just Kira's being yeah. really silly. I some I empathize though with fancy men a little bit because one time I asked an intern to run the dishwasher <laughs> and um, he literally looked at me and said, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, figure it out literally that's taylor's favorite word f-i-o figure it out 
And it's weird. All of our interns have all been feudal lords as well. Super weird. (laughs) Super weird. This is weird. Is this our life? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after this shoe tying incident, it gets a little, Asano's a little pissed off. And so what he does is he tries to kill Kira because he's just really mad in that moment. But he, unfortunately, he gets a dagger and then he goes slashes at Kira, but then Kira gets out of the way and he just like slashes Kira's face a little bit. Uh-oh. But then Kira's like, ow, 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 ouchie. And then the Shogun was like, bros, like you can't be fighting in my palace. That's like against the rules. So I'm so sorry, Asano. I know Kira's a bit of a bitch, but you're going to have to do seppuku on yourself right now. I'm so sorry. Oh. So sorry. But that's nice of him because there's other capital punishments and, you know, seppuku is the most honorable of the capital punishments. So... He has to disembowel him, stab himself, disembowel himself. I don't think this is a point in time where they do the decapitation part of it. So he just stabbed himself with this dagger. Okay. Also, all of his lands and uh, his property is confiscated. And everyone's like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> Especially Asano's samurai who work underneath him. So... The samurai become the ronin. This is the story of the 47 ronin. And ronins are basically leaderless samurai. And they're like, yo, fuck this guy, Kira. We want to avenge our lord. Uh, so let's have make a plan and let's avenge the shit out of him by killing this guy, Kira. But they also want to do it on the DL because they don't want to, you know, they don't want people to know about their plan and shit. So they go along with it. They're like, yeah, confiscate our land, our money, whatever. Y'all do y'all. We're going to go disperse and like be tradesmen and monks for a little bit. But secretly, we're going to plan an attack on Kira to kill this bitch. Okay. And so the leader... I guess they're not like real ass feudal lord, lord leader, but the leader of this band of 47 Ronin is named Oishi. And so what he does, he goes to like Kyoto for a little bit and he starts like hanging out in brothels and like starts drinking a lot, which might be because like be out of like sadness and shit. But he's also trying to plan this whole thing the whole time, you know. It could be stress, you know. I know what it's like to plan big things and be stressed about it. So maybe that's what, you know, leads people to drinking. Like I empathize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yes. one yeah, one time he got so drunk that he was laying down the street. I've never done something like that. <laughs> and this other samurai <laughs> walked by him and was like like kicked him in the face. He was like, Wow, this is so embarrassing, my dude. Like you lost your feudal lord and now you're like passed out in the street. <laughs> But then Oishi's like, yeah, but underneath all my sadness, I'm still planning revenge, my dude. Okay, this is my process. (laughs) They plan out their plan really well. Oishi's son is the sort of the second in command. They also had a dude who sneakily married the daughter of the dude who built Kira's house so that they could get the blueprints of like the house and the estate. That is like full commitment. That's a lot. That's a marriage. Okay. Don't you hate that when people marry you so that they can get the blueprints that your father has? (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) It's the worst. Can't say that I've ever had that happen. No, Taylor, it's relatable. This is our lives, remember? Okay, great. All right, so it's December 1702, and Oishi and his son lead two different groups into Kira's estate, okay? You know, uh, also I want to point out that if you want to visualize this, the 47 Ronin, you know, it's a historical thing that happened. It also became a huge legend, but it's also a Keanu Reeves 
movie. So I knew it. I knew it. I knew there Y'all was. Y'all know it. I literally, Keanu Reeves popped in my head when you said that. And I thought, why? And that's why. Because he's in that movie. Because he's in that movie. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Hello. That movie. Listen in to that me. Movie. Listen to me if you're listening to this. Keanu Reeves. I would like to be your friend. Nothing, yeah, nothing extra. Like nothing crazy. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. None Just of like, our celebrity shout outs have really um, taken hold. Well, who unfortunately? Knows, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be some, you know, crazy person that's like, I want you to ruin my body. Like, no, no. I just want us to be friends. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah. I just want you to chop my head off when I commit <laughs> Sukuku. It's no big deal. Okay. <laughs> People are so touchy. <laughs> Anyway, so Oishi and his son, they lead two different groups onto Kira's estate, right? And so the son, he goes to the back door, and then Oishi goes to the front door, and they start fighting because Kira this whole time was like, yo, I know they're going to, even though the Shogun had told them specifically, don't seek revenge, he's like, I know these dudes are going to do it. So he had like extra security, basically. You know, makes sense. He was, I think he was, Kira's a bit of a piece of shit, but you know, he was still smart, you know? He's a fancy smart dude. Anyway, so they attack. The Ronin attack. They kill 16 of Kira's men, injure 22 more. They get into the house and they're looking for Kira. They're like, where is he? All they find are these crying children and women. You know, they're probably because they're under attack. That They're probably yeah. stressed. At first I read that and I was like, oh, why were they crying? Was he just like a bad <laughs> dude who just like had all these women and children crying in his house? Maybe. But, you know, they were also there. Everyone was being killed. So I get it being stressed. So they get to <laughs> keep stress for sure. Yeah. But they get to Kira's room and he's not in there. Oh, no. But then they look at his bed. They're like, mm, it's still kind of warm and like turned back. So obviously he was here recently. So they go, you know, look around, try to find him. And then they find this secret courtyard. Obviously not secret enough. And they the Ronin go into the courtyard and then there's all these other dudes that they have to fight. So they fight them, kill them all. 10 out of 10. Great job. And then there's this one dude in the back who's like trying to stab at them, who just kind of looks like this frailer dude who doesn't seem that tough. And they're like, bro, what are you doing? And then Oishi sees the scar on this guy's face. And he was like, oh, my God, that's the scar that Ooh. Asano gave to you, you fancy motherfucker. It's Kira. <laughs> so they finally have him. And then Oishi's like, yo, because we're super honorable and we want you to have an honorable death, we invite you to do seppuku, okay? And so he pulls out a dagger that is the same dagger that Asano used to seppuku himself. Full circle. Full circle. I know. And he's like, yo, Kira, stab yourself with this, okay? Do it. But Kira's (laughs) like, no, you know, one, two, direct quote. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Seems, Seems plausible. And then Oishi's kind of like, God, this guy is such a drag. He's so boring. So he just, you know, chops his head off instead. So, <gasps> okay. Anyway, so they got what they wanted. But they get, at the same time, the Shogun was like, guys, I told you not to seek revenge, my dudes. So then the 47 Ronin, they turned themselves into the Shogun. And he's like, guys, I respect y'all. Like, I think that's like your loyalty to your feudal lord is super admirable and there's a lot of people across Japan who are hearing this story and they're really inspired by it and it's teaching us a lot of like moral values about you know like sticking up for your friends and stuff but unfortunately I am going to have to ask all of you to seppuku yourselves and they're like oh fine and did they 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 did did. all of them they did 
They all, as you will see in the documentary by Keanu Reeves, they do all seppuku themselves, except for one dude who uh, has to go on a quest to like tell people about what had happened, and then the shogun pardons him after that. But they do that. But, you know, this has been a story that's gone down in history. It's been turned into legends. It's inspired a whole like like a whole genre of theater and like puppetry practice. So it's a very well-trodden story. And I also want to give it up for the ladies, okay? Because sometimes the brides of samurai will also seppuku themselves, uh, you know, to be honorable and shit. And so like one of the 47 Ronin's wives did, um, maybe more, but just there is one direct account and you know I felt like she did in a classy way what they would do is instead they would just slit their throats but what they would do is they would before they would do that they would tie themselves in a way so that when they were found they looked very dignified you know they would tie themselves up so they would look good you know because when you're dying you probably go like get yourself a little out of sorts but when they would be found then they'd be like oh look she's just like posed well you know that's ideal that's ideal okay yeah okay Yeah, but I think we've all learned our lesson with this story, which specifically is, you know, don't be a dick when people ask you to help them plan parties. (laughs) That's That's the lesson here, right? If someone needs help and they're from the country and they don't know the protocol of the palace that you live in, just like be graceful, have some kindness, you know? So that is what everyone has learned from this story. It's about the ethics of party planning. You know, I'm actually going to start onboarding someone in the next couple of weeks. And that actually is a great reminder, Gabby, to be patient and to be nice and to, you know, just show grace as I invite her into the castle. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Castle meaning company, but whatever. Yeah. Gabby, that was a lot. I felt like all I could see in my, my mind when you were telling this was just like blood and guts everywhere. Yeah. Really? I mean, party I it was plan- super sexy, actually. Party but, okay. planning is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there was just so much blood and guts. So. Yeah, but there were also secret courtyards. Like. Yeah, that's, that's spicy. Oh, right. Ooh, right, right, right. mysterious. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Gabby, for that. I I just love this. I love hearing gruesome history stories, and I have more. So we will be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome back. So we heard a very gory but sexy samurai story from Gabby recently. And I I love hearing all of these weird ass things that happened throughout history and in culture. And a big thing that happened for a very long time that people used to do and that we do not talk about enough is human sacrifices. Yeah, we don't talk about this enough. Right? Like, how crazy are humans? So we have been sacrificing people for religious reasons, for superstition, for government or power reasons or whatever, or for honor, as the samurai did, for anything and literally everything since the actual beginning of time. Obviously, stories of human sacrifice have been found in the Bible. If we remember that guy that Abraham, I think, or something, took his son Lincoln. up. No. That took guy. his son up and then almost, almost... Oh, my gosh. I need to read Nicholas Cage? Again. No. The guy took his son up to sacrifice him, and then God was like, don't. And then he was like, sacrifice the lamb instead. Anyway, or... Well, God was like telling him to do it. And then he was like, psych, bro. I know. That's kind of... Direct quote again. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, stories like these have been found in the Bible, in ancient texts, like um, Indiana the Jones, Epic of Gilgamesh, actually, but good one, Gabby, in Greek and Roman mythology. And also, yes, in real life, mummies. You guys know I freaking love mummies. And specifically, I'll be, I was going to talk about many other human sacrifices, but this one has such a story that I would just rather get into this specific one that happened in the Shang dynasty in China. Do it. Man, could they sacrifice people. They they did that. They knew the assignment and they went for it. So the Shang Dynasty lasted from 1600 to 1046 BC, and they ruled during the Bronze Age. Very old times, obviously, ancient or whatever. <laughs> or ancient or whatever. It was like a long time ago. I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't there, exactly. It is estimated that they sacrificed around 13,000 humans over the course of around 200 years. That's it? Mm. Oh, I'm oh. kidding. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. That's a lot. I was about to say, that's like a lot of people personally, but whatever. There are All many. sarcasm. Uh, well, you did so great, which is why I had to you. clarify. Taylor. <laughs> 
Not to be a bitch, but okay. But, but yeah, so there are many sacrificial pits, because that's what they're called, sacrificial pits, all over Yingsu, China, which was their capital city at the time. And these pits range from small burial sites, which have, sorry, Taylor, animal sacrifice remains. Um, Rude. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Or like sometimes one body, you know, just one though to massive royal burials and temples, which can sometimes have hundreds of corpses that were sacrificed there. It's just fascinating to me how, like, there are literally so many bodies that were buried and now unearthed in this space. Archaeologists found out that these were human sacrifices because of this really interesting form of writing called oracle bone inscriptions. Ooh, Oracle Bone Inscription. I know. It sounds like something out of Kingdom Hearts. Did you guys ever play that video game? No. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with it. I loved it so much. Um, I I was probably, like, in college when you were playing that. That's actually probably true. That's actually probably accurate. Taylor's never played a game. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor's like, in my time, we only had an abacus. No. (laughs) Oh, we had Tamagotchis, okay? <laughs> I had Tamagotchis, too. I love oh, Tamagotchis. But as, like, a retro gift. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Anyway, so what those are, it basically means that um, a diviner, which I guess is, like, someone who works in the mystical arts or whatever. Um, they divine shit. They divine shit, exactly. I literally was like, what is the definition of this? And that's really all I could find, so... They would first anoint the bones with blood and then carve questions into turtle shells or ox bones, like, um, what does the emperor's toothache mean, you know, or will we receive good harvests this year and other important things to note on the bone, like, for example, questions, but also like, we are sacrificing Timmy today here. Will it rain tomorrow? <laughs> you know, Timmy. question mark. Oh. Um, yes, exactly. They just wanted to see if it would rain and that's why they sacrificed Timmy. I mean, yeah, or like other things, like will we win the battle tomorrow? Just things like that. Oh, but that makes more sense. how did they get sense. their answer? Listen, so then they would do what is called pyromancy, which is when you do divination, so like occult things or whatever, with fire. And so basically the diviner would ask the question, you know, write it out, write the notes, write the date and stuff like that, write their, their name as well, very organized. And then they would heat the bone with a metal rod until it cracked. And then the diviner would interpret the cracks the bone made and also write the answer on that bone sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes he did write the answer which I find fascinating. I don't know how you can say, oh, like, yes, it will rain tomorrow based on where this crack happened. People haven't figured out yet. Like, archaeologists haven't figured out how exactly they would interpret it, but they would use the cracks that to interpret, basically. over rain. I, I mean, like, it's survival, you know? I understand. I understand, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, just wait. Patience. You'll I, find out oh tomorrow. My, but... Maybe, maybe that might have just been an example, Taylor. Maybe I know, it's I'm, not exactly. I'm rolling with it. I'm I mean, but they definitely example. did do it for the weather because they were so reliant on the weather. You know, like back then, we couldn't control the weather. Now we can. You know, according to the CIA, puts on damn metal hat, metal tin hat. Anyway, <laughs> I would hate to be sacrificed just for like a rain. Situation. I know that's what I'm saying. I want to be one of the battle ones. Like I want. That's the kind of virgin sac is it virgins um no did not need to be specifically virgins okay. so there were Thank actually goodness. there were <laughs> two ty- oh that's very funny gabby because you have 
sex. There were two <laughs> types of... Don't tell. <laughs> so there were actually two types of sacrifices back then. Had nothing to do with virgins. And it turns out that they would do renshen and renkson. Those were the two types of sacrifices. So renkson can be translated to human companions. And those sacrifices were usually servants or concubines or bodyguards or wives, people that the deceased ruler or emperor, because it was usually like a high society person that would use renkson sacrifices, um, people that this person would need in the afterlife. And they were usually buried with things as well. So it would be like the emperor was buried and then they would obviously kill his wife, his servants, his bodyguard and put them all in there with him. Because he needed them. Yeah. He didn't know how to do anything by himself. Well, I mean, yes, exactly. Many times this freaked me out. Many times they were either buried alive or beheaded or killed in some other way to follow their master into the afterlife. Love that. Yeah. Buried alive for me like really got to me. Can I just... I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Truly, there is no man on earth that I would be buried alive for. None. Okay. Remember, you're going to get a bell. Yeah, exactly. A bell. So if if that happens, it can ring outside. And then we're all going to Uma Therma it from the in the middle of the casket. Exactly. Actually, if you're in a casket, you're just going to be dead. Sorry. Okay. By like the 5th century um, BC, this was not as common, which is good. And Renkson were actually replaced by figurines, which is nice, you know, taking away some unnecessary deaths. A really great example is actually um, the Terracotta Army, which it's like a very extreme example of this because they built an entire army. So like 8,000 soldiers, hundreds of horses, hundreds of chariots, and they were all built to protect the emperor in the afterlife. And they created that big mausoleum for the emperor, put the emperor's, you know, body and casket and all that sort of stuff in there, and then surrounded him with his army, which I'm really happy that Rangson was not so much a, a thing because if it was, they would have killed 8,000 people. And buried and all of horses. them with him. And horse, Yeah. Wow, Taylor. Oh, and horses. And horses. Oh, my Ring. gosh. But they didn't do anything. <laughs> the the people helped. didn't do anything either. Oh, my gosh. You don't know that. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But, yeah, I'm glad that they were able to just do the figurines because that would have been a lot of death. A lot of death. I mean, there was still a lot of death regardless because the second type of human sacrifice, renshin, uh, can be translated to human offering. And those were not as special slash sacred slash nice. They were mostly slaves or prisoners of war who were used to sometimes like consecrate a new temple. Like, oh, hey, we're opening this temple. Time to sacrifice some people because celebration for the temple. Or to offer sacrifices to ancestors or spirits or ghosts. Just like whatever non-noble sacrifice was needed, they were used. The numbers for these sacrifices are literally insane. One mass burial site found over 300 corpses, which is a lot. And archaeologists can tell that these are not noble people or anything like that because they were purposely buried like cattle, basically. Just kind of like thrown into a pit, hence, you know, sacrificial pit. And um, many times they were beheaded or mutilated before or after death. So their bodies were just not treated with respect in the way that the nobles, you know, 
were when they were being buried with their wives or bodyguards or whatever, which is a lot, you know. Um, they they it's not sacrificed. Surprising, though. Yeah, not not surprising in the least. It's actually super. I don't know, just like scary and uncanny to read about it because archaeologists like were going through the bones of these people to figure out like what their eating habits were and stuff like that. And they were like, oh yeah, they were definitely enslaved and kept to toil for, you know, the emperors or whatever before finally, you know, whenever a sacrifice was needed, just like grabbing a few of these guys. And and most of them were like young men from 15 to I think like 35. So that was also like, they were also many times prisoners of war because that was around the age that men would go into armies and, and battle and stuff. So just real um, disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I real would disturbing. say that. Yeah, um, a lot of people go to visit that city to like see the sacrificial pits, but that feels like a lot of intense energy. I don't know if I ever want to be a part of or see. Yeah, a sacrificial pit has very bad vibes. Bad yeah. vibes. Bad vibes only over here. Um, <laughs> anyway, Taylor, I hope that you have a little less of a disturbing story for us, question mark. I mean, maybe. You know how I am. I like to talk about the person and who they were and, like, talk less about death sometimes. So That's true. Yeah, I think you also just sometimes do that as a tactic to make it longer, but that's okay. That's, that's okay. okay. I think... But it's yes. also, like, a way to pay homage to these people. It's true. It's true. You know? Yeah, you're less like me. I like to be like, they cut her arms off. They cut her ears off. They cut her... Like, I'm very... Let's get the, the gross details. Taylor's yeah, like, Gabby's she was like, married for 50 years. <laughs> Gabby's like, so, really, we're going to talk about this guy, these people who used to just, like, stab themselves in the stomach. Exactly, exactly. And yes. I'm like... And I'm like... Okay, we're going to be back in the late 19th century to early 20th. Ooh. We're going to talk about Isadora Duncan. Oh. Which I really like the name Isadora. Like I think lot. Isadora is a very pretty name. Yes. It's so pretty. She was an icon back in the day known for dance. Her mother had a music studio and Isadora would teach dancing despite not being classically trained and only six years old. Wow. So like this, I think that's kind of silly, like the, you know, a six-year-old teaching a bunch of people dance. But by 10, by, by the time she was 10, it was like very, like people were trying to get in her class. It was like a very popular thing. I don't know why, but it seems relevant to say that she's from San Francisco. Okay. Where was this set? Was this in San Francisco? Yes, so she's. This okay, all gotcha. started in San Francisco, but we'll we'll travel. Don't you worry. Good, thank Ooh, you. You know, I love, I love to travel. <laughs> we'll dance across the country and the world. Exactly. Well, at this time, ballet was popular, and like by early nineteenth century, that's when it evolved to be like what you think about today, where you have the point shoes and the bell shaped skirts, the tutus. But Isadora felt that all of these elements were really restrictive and like you know, messed up. Like there's, you shouldn't have to like harm yourself and restrict yourself to dance. So she kind of developed her own version of dance and she studied sculptures of ancient Greece and kind of used that to, to like evolve how she would dance. So I would say it was like more interpretive type dancing. You know, she danced barefoot, which was super scandalous. 
Ooh. Um, her dresses were less structured. They were like free flowing, both in dance and her daily life. You can really see the the Greek influence there. Like she literally, she really does look like a Greek like oh, I love this goddess so much. dancing. It was pretty Aww. great. And what what she said about ballet is so true. Ballet is extremely restrictive, and yeah. I feel like I mean like some people thrive, but. When I was doing ballet, I personally wanted to just throw myself off of a bridge. It was the worst. Anyway. Yeah, you're like wearing Pirouette corsets. off the bridge. You've got like, oh, oh, what a pre, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We'll what? get there. Oh, <laughs> what a pre, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. You did not um, find that word in your little noggin. That's okay. Sometimes words don't come to my brain. It's 10 a.m. Um, I don't blame anyone except for cat. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay. Gabby's holding her cat right now. Anyway. So she eventually, she traveled the world dancing and she described her style as, quote, to rediscover the beautiful rhythmic motions of the human body. Mm. So, you know. Isadora also opened many dance studios, first in Berlin, another in Russia, the U.S. Like she was like opening studios everywhere. Yes, franchise it. Yes. She was. Yes, she really was. She toured a lot in the U.S., France, Germany, South America, and Russia. She was also known to be a feminist, Darwinist, and communist. Real controversial yeah. lady for then and and now, really. Let's be real. But as we all know, this is cadaver gals and not um, dancing gals. I don't know. Um, <laughs> dancing gals. So, so a lot of sadness befell poor Isadora. Also, side note, she didn't believe in marriage, but she had two children with two different men who shared similar ideals. They were like, mm, we don't need marriage. Anyway, one day in 1913, her two kids, one was six, the other four, were in a car with their nanny and chauffeur. On their way to the new apartment, and they drove off a bridge into a river, and her two kids and the nanny drowned. Why did they oh, drive no. off a bridge? Just like the car went an, loose or something? It was an accident. I don't know. They didn't say it was just like a tragic accident. Like they That's just so sad. Oh, my damn. Gosh. And the chauffeur did survive. Oh. Which is... The guilt. Yeah. But Isadora was pretty afraid of cars after this, and like... Not too long after that, she got into an accident and in Russia, and she only suffered minor injuries, but, like, you know, after her kids, like, I mean, that's pretty traumatic, Yeah, I would, I would imagine. But she does what she can to keep living her life. She begins touring again, although they weren't quite as successful. I don't know why, but I guess her sadness was... Um, <laughs> too real <laughs> oh i shouldn't be laughing though it's probably true uh yeah but anyway along her travels she's in russia she meets a man that she actually marries despite hating the idea of marriage side note he was 17 years younger so get it get it get it he was a poet all of all of her men they were all into the arts so she's on tour in the u.s as she has been you know continuing that journey. But this was a time like just before the Cold War and the US was all afraid of Russia and communism. And they were accused of being Bolshevik agents. And Isadora was like upset. And she was like, um, she says, quote, goodbye, America, I shall never see you again. And sure enough, yep. she did not. 
So um, more tragedy happens, right? Is right. Door, right? You know, we're not done. Because more this is not come. Dancing Gals. <laughs> if you dancing were on gals. the podcast Dancing Gals, it would just be happy. We got we got to find another cadaver. So Isidore's husband struggled with depression. Shortly after all of this nonsense, he kills himself. Oh no! She's yeah. So she's sad yet again. She's like, okay, you know what? Tra- da- traveling for dance is just. I need to like stay put for a minute. So she's like, okay, I'm gonna write a memoir about my life. Which she she felt like she that was kind of like a sellout to write for money. She actually was quoted again. I she had so many great quotes. I guess she said, "Now I am frightened that some quick accident might happen." And well, guess what? Oh my! A quick God. accident happened. No. Yep. So what Isadora never learned how to drive. I assume because of her traumas. But she was like trying to get past this. Like, what a queen! Trying to get past this. Her chauffeur was like teaching her. So she was trying. But one day she was in the oh her chauffeur's na- nickname was Bugatti, which I think that's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I don't know. Just okay. felt like mentioning that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Don't Bugatti you? Yeah. survived. Okay, cool. But, well, yeah. So um, one day she's in the car. Bugatti's driving, and she's with a British journalist who's helping her with her memoir. And so they're driving along, having a grand old time. They were in a convertible. And you remember that red scarf I mentioned? Um, and all yes. of her flowy clothes? Yes. yes. In 1927, her they were in the car. Her scarf was flapping away in the wind when it catches on the front tire of the vehicle, strangling her and then, like, rips her out of the car and, like, slams her into the ground. So the chauffeur, Bugatti slams on the brakes and the two of them det- trying to tangle her from the scarf and take her to the nearest hospital, which is where they said that she broke her neck and died instantly. Oh so. God. What a freak accident. Like I your know. scarves getting ca- caught in a tire. What the hell? And then it's like wrapped in such a way that it, it actually can pull her whole entire body out rather than just like rip the scarf or, you know, like that's intense. I know that's some strong fabric that she. she no there. more scarves for me. Yeah, exactly. I. This is actually really funny. That was one one day I was at a um, just at lunch one day with a friend, and she had a scarf and she like whipped her scarf behind her and it like covered this woman's head behind her and it was like really funny. Wait, so it I, like, covered a woman's head. She, like, whipped her scarf around, and it just, like, draped over the woman behind her's face. Oh, and that's funny. I hate like, that. What is I, happening? I've done that to people with my long hair. Like, I'll be, like, in a dinner, and I'll flip my hair, and it'll, like, hit someone, and I'll be like, well, that was back when I had long hair, but still. I I, oh, I had that happen once I was gosh. working at a coffee shop. Oh, no. And this woman flicked her braids over and her they shoulder. hate you. <laughs> they, no, they wrapped around my neck. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, as we'll get back to Isadora, and y'all know how I love famous last words and everything. So hers was in French to her friend and said, "Je vais à l'amour," aka "I'm off to love," Aww. which I think is really pretty and sweet. I I am like very weirded out at how she seemed to just predict 
these things like she was such a free spirit so it's like you know very much into the arts and in touch with herself so happens when you fuck in touch with the time spectrum you know she could just see the future she was the future all time was a plane exactly wow and she danced along it along it upon it okay around it wow there are some videos of her dancing and we'll definitely have to put it on our social because it's great well Taylor, thank you so much for honoring this person by actually talking about her life and not just the crazy ass way that she died. We can all agree that's like a total freak accident. That's really crazy. And that makes me scared of scarves. I'm scared of scarves and capes. Well, and- I know. Yeah. The moment- <laughs> not that I wear capes, but the- you know. <laughs> Taylor, you gotta get rid of all those capes you have. Well, I'm never gonna like dress up for Halloween as like a superhero with a cape. Well, it m- reminded me of like in The Incredibles when Edna was yes. like, no capes. And I just, you know, no scarves, no capes, no long yeah. braids for us. You know, yep. very Puritan lifestyle living here. I'm just gonna wear my hair in a bun and a bodysuit. And, and <laughs> hair in a bun and a bodysuit. That's not very pure, but okay. Anyway, when we come back, I think we're going to end the episode on an up note. So you think? I, I think. So BRB. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G dot com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Hello, welcome back. Um, I am so happy about the tangent I'm going on today. Taylor and Gabby actually picked this for me, um, and it makes so much sense considering like I am who I am. We are learning about the history of the twerk today. Yes, because like twerking and dancing, I'm sure Isadora would have thought that it was an expression of joy if she could have seen twerking back then. So <laughs> Nika is quite the twerker in case anybody couldn't have already guessed that. Also, similarly to Isadora, when I go out dancing and I know I'm going to be like shaking ass, I do not like wearing constrictive clothing. I actually don't understand why some people go out dancing in like very tight like bodycon dresses because I just feel like your ass cheeks don't clap with those (laughs) unless it's a specific type of fabric which is a I don't I I find it at least that it's hard to find so if someone can point me in the direction of you know tight fabric but that still lets your butt move let me know because I have not found it yet anyway all that to say yes I think she would approve so twerking if you don't know which whatever, no one's judging, is essentially twerking as a dance move that is um, usually in like, the best way I can describe it, it's like it's a squatting position and it involves the twerker basically um, throwing ass back and forth and like thrusting it to the music, <laughs> thrusting the ass to the music um, and using hips and stuff like that. And the music will usually have like a strong drum beat or bass. Is that? That's An like, ass beat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, yes, there an ass go. beat, sure. I've never um, heard twerking be, like, described. I mean, so, like, yeah. this is great. It's the best way I, I think I can describe it, at least. Yeah, lots of pelvic movement, you know? It really does have to come from the pelvis and from the hips. Anyway, but it, it's to see the ass jiggle, basically. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's mostly a dance to dance alone. Although there can be a twerker and there can be a twerky who's receiving the twerk, but... People who receive the twerk don't really do anything other than Well, it'd be hard to receive the twerk because if it's too close, then you would stop the motion of the twerk, you know? that's true. So it does make sense as a solo endeavor on the dance floor. Yeah, but not like mostly solo. At first, Mm -hmm. I thought you meant solo. It is a good move to do when you're alone in your house, which I know, (laughs) Nika, you do do, but I'm just saying. (laughs) I do that. Yes, it's true. But, you know, do it it in public. Thank you. Encouraging everyone. I will. I will. Um, we know we know Nika twerks in public too. Yeah, don't yeah. even yeah, 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 worry yeah. about me. You do Gabby, not need to motivate me more. Gabby and I were at Nika's house one day, and we were like, "How long do you think it'll take for Nika to start twerking?" How long did she it already take? was? And, and we looked <laughs> over, and I was like, "There she is. There she goes. There she is, our beautiful daughter." Okay. Um. So it's see back to the history because we're you know very very proper on this podcast it's not like i'm doing this podcast right now in an actual uh bra wait i'm sorry i just went into a new dimension where me and taylor are your mothers (laughs) and like how it's a different it's like we're we are are you proud of me we birthed you mutually okay sorry now i'm back i'm back in reality okay sorry i just went that's like our paralleled existences it probably is and (laughs) yeah little colombian child Was I adopted or something, or did I? No, it, no. Somehow, science, science. <laughs> yeah. Something science. weird with science happened. <laughs> wow, in this in this alt universe, it's possible. I'm a failed okay. experiment or a very successful experiment, depending on 
what you guys feel about me. Oh, be proud of me, mommies. Okay. Um, so it We're seems proud. like twerking has roots in West Africa. Obvious. That makes so much sense. Um, there's a type of dancing there, specifically in the... I hate saying things in French because I want to do a full French accent, but it sounds silly. The Côte d'Ivoire. Which Côte d'Ivoire. Thank Très you, Gabby. Bien. Thank okay. you, Gabby. Yeah. Which... The Ivory Coast, if if we have to say it like that. There's a dance thing there called the Mapuka dance, and that strongly resembles twerking because, again, it's so focused on the hip and the butt movement. There's actually two types of Mapuka dancing. One is the more traditional that is performed ceremonially and you can do in front of your friends and family and stuff. And then another is the closest one to twerking, which is more suggestive and open, and it was actually outlawed in the 1980s. Which oh, dang. I love that. Yes. Very suggestive. I mean, I don't love that for them, but I think it's so cool when stuff like dances are outlawed because like that's a dance, but yeah. Freaking crazy. Be like, don't move like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how are you? Okay, whatever. It's like footloose, but different. <laughs> I, <laughs> Very yes, different. Precisely. Um, footloose, but with a dictatorship. Okay, anyway. Yeah, with a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> so it became illegal again in the 2000s, but by then, what? even the laws couldn't stop it because the dance had traveled all the way to New Orleans. So in the 90s, bounce music was super popular over there in Nolans. Nola, Nola, Nolans. I can't, I can't do Nolans. it. Nolans. Great, beautiful. And bounce music is basically like a style of a style of hip hop music with um, a lot of like call and response chants, and then um, it usually is performed like against core samples that as the backing music. That's like the best way I can describe it. But just look up bounce music; it's really interesting and cool. Um, and so the, this artist um, DJ Jubilee released the song called "Do the Jubilee All." Okay. Yes. And this was in the 90s. And um, in it, he uses the word twerk multiple times. And that is the first time the word is used in music. And etymologists have said it's either a combination of to work or twist and jerk. Um, hmm. Those are the two kind of like where the word twerk might come from. Well, I feel like that's all like, I mean, all of those words combined, I feel like that does describe what a twerk is. So, you know, it could yeah, be both. Exactly. Yeah. And that is how it came to the US. That is how it got started, was in bounce music in New Orleans. And then it obviously moved into deep south hip hop, into hip hop in general. And then, of course, it was super popularized around the 2010s when a lot of white artists started doing it no one was surprised by this namely miley cyrus at the vmas who could forget this as much as we try not i um so yeah and that is how it got really 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 big i think twerking like it's still a thing now like we do it and it's great but it's not like the no, trendy dance it. you know what i Me mean and gabby can, can you just imagine for two seconds Gabby twerking and Taylor twerking? Yeah, in the parallel universe that my head lives in, my mommies can twerk and actually taught me. <laughs> so, yes, I actually it's can imagine that. It's a better place. That. <laughs> it really is a better place. <laughs> but Sorry. Yeah, that, no, it's, it's, you know, we'll have twerk lessons. It's fine. So that is the story. We love it. I still think twerking is pretty popular, but I do think the 2010s, like that 10-year period was when it was like, everyone was like, what is twerking? Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And now it's more like, oh yeah, like people do that. That's not anything It's like crazy. a universal dance move exactly. by white TikTok teens. Yeah, well, I feel like TikTok teens are more like, 
very wooden dance movements. Like, I don't like the dance movements that TikTok teens do. I feel like it's very, like... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, just stupid, I don't know, choreography. But also, I might that might just age me. Maybe I'm, I'm just not in the know as much. Whatever. Nika just did a dance, by the way. Yeah. all you it, listeners that, honestly, did a, that I, weren't on this call. I us. think that for this episode, we should all learn to do a TikTok dance and do a TikTok together. The Cadaver Gals. That sounds awful. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, um, I can't conflate that with my current TikTok brand, so I'm, I'm sorry. Um, oh just my gosh. Kidding. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that we ended this episode bullying me. You know, if anyone <laughs> wants to bully me more, my Instagram is my name. So go ahead, hit me with your best shot. Actually, no, just say nice things. I'm a very sensitive person. Um, okay. Last thoughts. How do we feel? I feel you know, really inspired to try to twerk and not wear scarves and probably not disembowel myself. I don't want to do that, actually. Okay. That, that is simple. actually a um, something better than last week when I literally was worried for your safety and mental health. So th- it's great. This is a good place yeah, that we're all I in. I really, I don't want to disembowel myself anymore. hey Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It is edited, uh, hosted, researched, etc. by Gabby Watts, Taylor Church, and Nika Duarte. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Cadaver Gals. And we'll talk at you next week. Bye! Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors 
has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 